Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, not only is it a big day for football, big week for football, but the NCAA tournament starts today. Are you excited? It's a big week in more than one way for football. We have free agency. And in the other football, we have the Champions League winning the Europa League. Uh, Arsenal going up against Slava Prague. And then if they take care of business there, they're on the route to the semifinals and they'll take on one of Villarreal with our old friend. Wait, the semifinals already? Yeah, they made the draw already. Oh, wait. So it's the quarters, but they made the draw for the semis. I thought we were just in the round of 32. No, it's the quarters. There's 16 teams left. No, eight teams left. Huh. Man United, Granada, Roma, Ajax, Arsenal, Slava Prague, Villarreal, and then the Giant Slayers. It's the Giant Slayers. Dinamo Dinamo Zagreb. The Giant Slayers. Yeah. What a great institution of football. Croatia, what a great country. Hey, Ad. Yep. I just have a, I have a question that I need to ask you. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Tottenham? Shit. What do we think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. That's all right. We ain't Tottenham. We ain't Tottenham. We ain't Tottenham. We ain't Tottenham. Oh, those fucking mugs. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, that was amazing. You know, literally every single English club made it through. Every single English club in Europe, aside from maybe Leicester. I don't think Leicester made it. All all the big clubs made it through. Yep. Well, actually, that is true because... Tottenham didn't. No, they're they're not a big club. They're not anymore. Club. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. The I do have to give a few shout outs here before um, we move on swiftly. Number one, huge shout out, huge shout out to my guy Roman Abramovich. Big fan of his work. Getting double agent Jose Mourinho to go to either well Arsenal or the ones that had brains, but getting him to go to Tottenham and destroy Tottenham. Great work, Roman. Absolutely. You know, the weird thing is, didn't Roman didn't Roman think about buying Tottenham before he went to Chelsea? Yep. Thank God he didn't. I guess that's I like can't, how, I can't I can't stand those pricks as it is. That's kind of like how I think Sheikh Mansour was gonna buy Newcastle before he chose Man City or something mm-hmm. weird like that. Yeah. Yep. God, I I have no words. Today is a great day. But anyway, you, you're lucky. You only get to play Slavia Prague. We have to play our future striker, Erling Holland. Yeah, that's what everybody's saying. I think I think um, my kid brother next uh, across the hall is saying that you're playing his future striker, Erling Holland. Whatever. And Real Madrid fans are saying, Man City are playing our future striker, Erling Holland. But then Real Madrid fans are also saying, Robert Lewandowski and Bayern Munich are playing our future striker and Kylian Mbappe. Right, exactly. So... Our two future, they'll probably say our two future strikers are going up against each other in Robert Lewandowski and Kylian Mbappe. That was such a Madrid signing. Adam, did you, by any chance, did you, before before we move swiftly on, since we're we're crunched for time, did you happen to see the interview that Ugo Loris gave to BT Sport? No, I have not. Oh, it is just, it's popcorn material. After, it was after the game? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh boy. 
it's popcorn material. It it is it, it's it's beautiful. That man has won a World Cup. He has won a World Cup, mm-hmm. and he lost to Dinamo Zagreb in the in the round of sixteen in the Europa League. Well, did you see how they were playing? They were, playing, I know. were awful. They were I, awful. But that's that, that's nothing new. I'm just saying he he deserves okay. better. Hugo Lloris, Hugo Lloris deserves better. He deserves than... nothing. He played he plays for Tottenham. He made that choice. It's amazing how back in December and January, this was oh this club they're they're going to challenge for the title. They they're, they're going to challenge for the for the Premier League. They they could even go on and potentially win in Europe. They're just that good of a club. I love it. I love it. Banter FC. You know, I, I was actually kind of scared previously because uh, we're playing them later later next month in the uh, in the Carabao Cup final. Destroy now, them, please. Now I'm not not as scared as I would have been. Fucking destroy them. But um, if you lose, if you I'll... lose to Banter FC, confirmed, Dinamo Zagreb are better than Manchester City. Confirmed. Even though we're probably going to play Zach Steffen in goal and like Alex Sinchenko. It's a trophy. You're going to play. You're going to start Ederson. If Pep, if Pep needs help with his lineup, he should give me a call. Well, I would Him start. And I will, will craft a perfect lineup. I would start Ederson too, but yeah. Anyway, enough of the, of the global football. Let's talk about American football. Fuck you, and- Tottenham. There was a uh, kind of a big story that came out involving a uh, certain quarterback for a team in Texas. Yeah. Deshaun Watson has been accused by three people so far. Could be six. I heard, I heard as much as six. Yeah. As much as six. I think as much as we know so far, three people, but it could be as much as six. And accused of sexual assault. In civil in in civil lawsuits, and I don't know if the other I don't know about the other three, but the first three um, allegations all surround massage parlors, massage therapy. Did you know you can lose your license as a masseuse if you do, you know, Robin tugs? Yes, happy yeah. endings. You can yeah. lose your license mm-hmm. as a as a massage therapist. Yeah, it's true. So how much, so it's like, you'd never want to be in that situation because yeah, you're, it's the pressure of this is a famous person, A, and also I could lose my job and my livelihood if I do this, B, that's the other thing. So it's, it's a horrible situation all around. You feel for, you feel for the victims, the alleged victims, and I, I don't know. I'm. This is obviously a tough one to to comment on. Um, I think the safest avenue to take is I'm not gonna say much until facts and things like that come out. But obviously, not great for uh, for Deshaun Watson. Not great, and for any team, of course, that is looking to bring him in because now. Say you're the Carolina Panthers and you trade three first round picks to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson comes in and these allegations turn out to be true. Hi, Teddy. 
hi yeah you remember remember us yeah hi or or they're just going to turn to pj walker for the season which would be a dumpster fire well i mean i think carolina they literally just got rid jerry richardson literally just sold the team do you really think that the panthers want something like this even close to this if it's true well, if it's true, and I'm sure that I'm sure that there are interested teams that are having their legal teams and everything like that, you know, really digging into this as, as along with the, the the Texans as well, because as for now, well, I mean, the NFL is getting involved. The quarterback also. of the Texans, right? I mean, the NFL is getting involved. Also, they're investigating. So, yep. Um, we we will see. Yep, that's the only thing that we uh, that we can say at this moment. Right. All right. So um, as far as so as far as like free agent news, there was some like big free agent news, I feel like, you know, I have some more breaking news if you want to hear it. Sure. A couple things. Number one, the Ravens are trying to get Kenny Galladay out of the Giants facility and bring him in for a visit. Don't know if that's going to happen. Probably not. Uh, Cody Parkey is re-signing with the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals are releasing quarterback Ryan Finley. I did see that. Yes. So that is from my, uh, my good friend and close associate Ian Rappaport. Well, I mean, actually that's not even like, you're not even being facetious because that's kind of true. It's, it's very true. Yep. Love you. Great guy. It's funny because we talked about Trent Williams. That's like the big thing. Trey Williams got a gigantic contract. Overpay. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Ben. Hey, he just signed the contract that was offered to him. Yes. And he, the contract that could potentially, if he sees all of it, which he probably won't, but even if he sees he is a, he is an out after three years, according to spot rat spot track, that takes him to his age 36 season. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make bread, and that's still a three-year, sixty million-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's crazy. Very front-loaded, and then it's an, it's easy for him to get out if he wants to cut that short. When there are when there's less dollars on the table after the first three years, he can go try his crack at free agency again when he's thirty-six. I doubt he would do it. I mean, I think that he's probably going to finish his career in San Francisco unless San Francisco decides to to cut him later on in the contract. But can't fault Trent Williams for signing that deal because it is a very, very, very good payday for uh, for Mr. Trent Williams. And then when we went off the air on Tuesday, Shaquille Griffin signed his contract with Jacksonville and yowie wowie. I mean, we literally hit stop record and then Shaquille Griffin signed with Jacksonville. Yowie wowie. That, that was, yeah. That was a big time, big time, uh, big time deal. And then, and then Curtis Samuel as well. Yep. I was actually going to say, I mean, we could talk about Curtis Samuel in a sec, but I think San Francisco is going for like the oldest offensive line in the NFL. They might be. Because Alex Trent Williams and Alex Mack, yeah, yeah, they signed Alex Mack to a three-year, fourteen million dollar, fourteen point eight million dollar contract. 
but at least that has a potential out after one year because Alex Mack is 36. He's 36. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we got that. Uh, remember, <laughs> you know what's funny? You know all like the big, the big hullabaloo that was made because San Francisco traded up to draft Solomon Thomas in 2017? Solomon Thomas has done nothing, it seems like. And he is now signed with the Raiders for one year and $5 million. Really? He signed with the Raiders? Yeah. Oh, I did not see that. Yep. Huh. Well, you know the Raiders, that they love doing their, uh, their reclamation projects. They really do. I mean, I, Nelson. Look, oh, look, I think if you, if you could play Solomon Thomas as a defensive end and not necessarily as an inside nose tackle, which is what San Francisco was trying to do with him, then I think it's, it's okay. It's, it, there's no risk involved. There's literally no risk, but I, I want to know what the Raiders are doing. I really want to know what the Raiders are doing. Trading away two of their best offensive linemen, Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, I mean, look, if you're trying to shed salary, that's one thing. But, I mean, Jesus. Rodney Hudson is probably one of the best centers in the National Football League. They just traded away for basically nothing. And then you go and sign Yannick Ngakwe and Kenyon Drake to to contracts. And then you sign a bunch of, you know, Reclamation Project wide receivers. Theo Riddick, who I didn't even realize is still in the league. Um, and you also let... I mean, also the LaMarcus Joyner situation in Las Vegas was terrible as well. He signed with the Jets. Great signing for the Jets, by the way. Yeah, he could play safety again versus nickel where he was playing for uh, for the Raiders. And he could play. See, see this is the beauty of it. Adam, uh, Greg Williams and Adam Gase were playing 10-dimensional chess because they switched Marcus Matus to strong safety. And now uh, LaMarcus Joyner can play free safety and Marcus May can play strong safety. Thank you, Adam Gates, for that. And that one, that one thing, and only that one thing. That scream of death that you happen to hear behind me, I think all of our listeners can hear it. That scream of death, by the way, in case anybody was curious, is the sound of Josh Jacobs' fantasy value when Kenyon Drake arrived on the scene in Las Vegas. They thought it was bad with Devontae Booker, who is now signed with the Giants. You have no idea. No idea... With Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. They're going to pay Kenyon Drake $7 million a year. So is John Gruden only good for like one year, basically? I, well, I, as a head I don't coach? know what they're, I don't know what they're doing. I, and it doesn't I make sense. It doesn't make sense because it's if, if Josh Jacobs wasn't drafted by your guy, then I get that. But Mike Mayock and John Gruden drafted Josh Jacobs. That's yeah. their guy. I know. Oh, God. And, and, and then the kicker of it all, I can't stand him. I can't stand him personally. But have you seen everything that's going on with Marcus Mariota? No, I haven't. What's going on? Okay. So I'll give you like a SparkNotes version of what's going on. So. The Raiders basically told Marcus Mariota and his agent that what he's making this year, which is roughly in the in the range of 10 to $11 million, is way too much for the Raiders. They want him to take a $8 million pay cut, or they're huh? going to release him. Huh? 
you heard me straight. The Isn't that Raiders like his entire contract? Mariota to leave $8 million on the table to be a backup. No, thanks. Do you really, do they really think that that's, what do they expect him to say? If I'm Marcus Mariota, I'm telling John Gruden, kiss my ass and walk out the door. Yeah. You see, Andy Dalton got more than that. And he could be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Nick Foles is making more than that. And he's going to be the backup for the Chicago Bears. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. They released they Kyle Fuller, which is ridiculous. Please, please, Dallas. Please, Dallas, bring in Kyle Fuller. Please, Dallas. Please. Please. I hope the Jets bring him in. Please. That'd be nice. Oh, apparently, um, the one spot that makes so much sense for him is, is Denver. That makes so much sense. They need. Well, that's why I heard with Vic yeah, Fangio. They, yep. They, and they need an outside corner desperately. Desperately. Um, I mean, you want to just run down other big signings? I mean, the Jets signed uh, Keelan Cole, which is pretty good. It's pretty yeah, solid. And, and which basically takes them out of the Juju sweepstakes. So I don't know where this leaves Juju now. Maybe Juju asked for a lot of money, and that's why. He definitely did. Oh, no, he definitely did. And the Jets probably just said, nope, we're not doing that. But I know a lot of teams that were very interested in Keelan Cole. So to get him on a one-year, $5 million term, that's really good business by the Jets. I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe I'm about to say this. But I love what the Jets have done this offseason. I love it. Uh, it's music to my ears. As an outsider, I can't believe I'm saying it about the Jets, but I I, I love players. what they've done. It's literally, there are like two sects of the Jets fandom. There's me, where it's just like, wow, this is great. I love the Jets spending reasonably. And Unicorns, then you see rainbows, G butterflies, lollipops. And then you see like Jake on Twitter saying like, what the fuck? Why are the Jets spending any money? Oh, you're so lucky you don't have Jake on Snap. Jake, <laughs> every day, every day at around two o'clock, it, it's like... It's on the button. It's precise. He sends out State of the Unions, RE the Jets, and they are phenomenal. They are they're great content. If he if he sent if he sends one on one of these programs when we're recording, I'll have to make sure that I play it just so everyone can can hear. Because Jake is a fed up, frustrated Jets fan, and I don't know I I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean he's expecting the Super Bowl in in, in year one. It's ridiculous. I mean, we're Get literally eight and eight first. I don't want to straw man Jake at this point because he can't respond to what it, to what we're saying. But I mean, you went, we went two and fourteen last year to fire Adam Gaze, which which we did. Joe Douglas, Amen, made, hallelujah. Joe, Joe Douglas so far made it looks like he's made the right head coaching hire in Rob Sala. The big signings that Joe Douglas made in Carl Lawson and Corey Davis were really good, and also Keelan Cole. The offensive lineman, uh, Dan Feeney, that they brought in, apparently he's not he's not great. Um, he was with the Chargers. Just, I think it was like one of the lowest graded linemen on uh, on PFF. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But uh, Corey Davis is still good, though. I'm sorry, what'd you just say? Corey Davis is still the greatest receiver in the NFL. Thank you, Adam. You were the greatest receiver in the National Football League. His name is Corey Davis. Corey Davis, great guy. In front of the podcast. 
Now, now, are you willing to say that Corey Davis is now an official friend of the podcast? Yeah, I can do that. We have another friend. We have another friend. Hi, Corey. Biggest fan here. Well, at this point, Hunter Henry is only your friend because I'm no longer friends with Hunter Henry. After he went to the enemy? No way. Gasp. Wait a minute. I, 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 need, I need to break down commentary on this. Holy shit. So is Hunter Henry no longer a Hall of Fame caliber tight end? No, he still is. But he's not your friend anymore. No. Gotta go make a phone call. You hold down the shell. I'll be right back. I'm just not. A, I'm just not a fan of his uh, of his career decisions. I think point. he made an excellent career decision. But the problem is the Patriot. The Patriots are. I don't know what they're doing on, on offense or anything. But the Patriots will be better. Patriots will be better. I mean, we need to really look at. And I guess this is a great segue going into talking about the AFC East. And yes, we didn't talk about Curtis Samuel signing with the Washington football team, but we will be talking about the NFC East next week. So we will be talking a little bit more about Mr. Curtis Samuel, but nice segue into the AFC East. The AFC East is going to be so competitive. It's going to be a bloodbath. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be like on the top end. Cause I think Buffalo is still better than everybody else, but the jets have gotten better. Patriots have gotten better. They spent more money. <laughs> I think maybe they got better. And I think year two of Tua in Miami should be better, but they'll be much better if they get to Sean Watson. But like night and day, much better. Well, I mean, who did they say? Did they sign a backup quarterback? Uh, the Dolphins? You know, that's very funny that you asked that. Because I was thinking about it myself, and I was I was trying to figure out if the Dolphins had signed a backup quarterback. I don't oh yes, think- they did. They signed Jacoby Brissett. Oh yes, that that was it. That was the one. Fuck. Yes, Jacoby Brissett coming back to the AFC East. Going back to the AFC East, yes, sir. But so they have Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Um, and. Will yeah, they signed Will Fuller as well. I'm shocked that Will Fuller did not get more money. Only a one-year deal. He's, it's, it's a prove-it deal. Talk, But talk about a receiving core that is truly made out of glass bones and paper skin. Devontae Parker and Will Fuller. I know. And oh my God, Tua, Tua could be throwing to uh, Jakeem Grant as his number one receiver by week seven. Literally, almost all of the, all of the Dolphins receivers have – Injury histories. Yeah. There is no guy that you can guarantee that they're going to play for 16 games. Nope. Except for maybe Mike Kosicki. No, not even that, because he he was out for two games last year. It's true. I don't know. Because the shoulder injury, which looked like really a neck injury, but I digress nonetheless. But let's go in alphabetical order for the AFC East. Sure. And talk about Buffalo. Buffalo has been quiet in free agency. Well, what do they have to improve? Um, not apparently backup quarterback. <laughs> hey, hey, what better way to build up a quarterback's value by putting him behind the greatest quarterback that's ever lived in Josh Allen? It's it's great business by Buffalo. And then 
And then when Chicago realizes how much Andy Dalton slash Nick Foles absolutely suck, they can trade a first round pick to Buffalo for Mitch Trubisky. Oh my God. That would be, uh, is it bad that I think that that's, that that might actually happen? That I wouldn't we pass, need, I wouldn't put it past Ryan Pace to do that. We need a live check-in on our Chicago Bears correspondent, Penny Gable. <laughs> Someone do a welfare check on Benny, please. Benny, Benny's just talking to us on the phone from, and he's like standing on a ledge. He's like, Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> just contemplating Wipe, my existence. Wiping his tears away. Yeah, guys. I'm doing great. Alan Robinson signed his franchise deck. I was literally catch about, passes from Andy Dalton. I was literally just about to say that. I was literally just that was the exact sentence I was about to do in my with my impression of Benny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Alan Robinson signed his franchise tender. It's great. Everything's doing <laughs> great. great. Everything is wonderful. It's the it's the meme where you have the flames all around Benny. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Chicago Bears land right now. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is fine. Um, we're talking about the NFC North uh, later. Later. That's that's not now. We're talking about the we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. But um, we are talking about Benny, and we always we have time to Benny. talk about Benny on this program. It's true. At least the Blackhawks are doing well. True. Very true. But death taxes and the Blackhawks being great. Problem true. is he's not he's not a White Sox fan. So that sucks. No. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so yeah, Trubisky signed as a backup. I mean, sure. Whatever. Could be good. I don't think he's gonna really see the field that much. No. No, he's just another voice in the uh, the quarterback room for uh, for Josh Allen. This doesn't this doesn't move Josh Allen down or up in any way. He's still my number two quarterback. Draft him as such. Well, the weird thing is, I wish I'm surprised that Trubisky didn't go to a place where he could potentially prove himself as a starter. Well, I thought the one spot that made so much sense for him was San Francisco. Uh, that just made all the sense in the world. But apparently, San Francisco is looking into Joe Flacco. Well, that's that's great. Backup, that's totally great. Really inspires a lot of confidence. I know that when Jimmy Garoppolo inevitably gets hurt in week six, that Joe Flacco becomes the starter for the 49ers and the fantasy hopes and dreams of George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk are going to fall solely on the shoulders and specifically arm of Joe Flacco. Debo Samuel, I don't want to hear anything, anything of it. You, you draft Debo Samuel. You, you deserve to be eternally disappointed. It's true, but it's just weird that San Francisco is like, well, you know, we had Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, and they were serviceable backups. You know, who th- you know what we think is going to put this team over the top as far as backup quarterbacks are concerned? Joe Flacco. <laughs> they, saw, yeah. they saw Joe Flacco getting shut out by the Dolphins in Miami last year and said, you know what? We need that guy on That's our That's our team. guy. That's our backup. I, <sighs> I don't know. I, I got nothing. I got nothing on that one. But the other signings that the Bills made are pretty good. Um, I mean, unfortunately, John Brown um, was released. So that cover for Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs is no longer there. But they did sign Emmanuel Sanders, who is actually yeah. not bad. No, no, not, not bad at all. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders basically come in. I would say he's probably no more than like a, mid, a mid-round flex but he'll be their number two outside receiver with Diggs and, and Beasley. Beasley not affected as much. I think Cole Beasley still has a huge part to play in this offense. So 
Uh, I still love him with late round upside. And of course, now uh, Stefan Diggs, I think, is still he's still going to be the man. Uh, you don't have to really worry about Diggs as much. Uh, keep drafting him in the second round as a top five wide receiver. No, no worries there. Let's just talk about the running backs because this is going to be the most important position, the most volatile position. I feel like for Buffalo, without question. Not, I wouldn't say most important, but most volatile, definitely where you have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and who knows what the kind of situation is going to be for running backs in Buffalo. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. This is a backfield that I would personally recommend you don't try and invest in. I would even go out on a limb and say every team in the AFC East has a backfield that I am just so not interested in which is that's four backfields right then and there. Now, now that can all change. If let's say the New York Jets signed Philip Lindsay, who is uh, who had his te- his his restricted free agent tender taken away by Denver. If the Jets signed Philip Lindsay, I'm interested there. I would be very interested in in Philip Lindsay, but I mean, look, at, at, at any in any event that's two running backs now they are going to have standalone appeal that are no longer together. Melvin Gordon will be the go-to guy in Denver. And wherever Philip Lindsay ends up, whether it is with the Jets or the Dolphins or whomever, if he's the starter, he'll have standalone appeal as well. So uh, it's, it's a win-win for Lindsay and Gordon and anybody who may like them in, uh, in fantasy. But as for Singletary and Moss, Ugh, you, you basically need one to get hurt for the other to have any sort of relevant fantasy value. If I had to pick one, I would probably say Singletary and PPR, Moss and none, but I, I, I don't love them. So I would stay away. Yeah, no, me neither. That would be very interesting. Philip Lindsay goes to the Jets. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird move. I mean, wow. it makes me, Yes. Wow. Holy shit. The Denver Broncos have signed Justin Simmons to a four-year $61 million extension, making him the league's highest paid safety. Wow. He got fucking bread. Holy Christ. Uh, The Bengals are cutting Geno Atkins. That's sad. But they're getting, they're getting rid of the old regime. A.J. Green out, and now Geno Atkins. A.J. Green signed with the Cardinals, actually. That's kind of – I don't know how, that, how the hell that makes sense. But It whatever. doesn't. But here we are. True. Very true. Um, and the, t- the tight ends for Buffalo, you're not touching. No. You're not, you're, you're not touching them. Not one bit. The defense, however, I think they're, they're still going to be a very, very good defense. Uh, you expect the top five fantasy return out of them, and they should be a defense that's drafted pretty much universally. So I think that's um, that's all that we could say for now about uh, about Buffalo. Yeah, you're right. I mean, let's move on to Miami. And, oh, boy, quarterback with Miami. I mean, Buffalo is the only team in the AFCs. See, we say that they're going to be – the AFCs could be a bloodbath. 
But really, the only team that has their quarterback situation figured out is the is the Buffalo Bills. And look where they are compared to the rest of the division. I never said it was going to be competitive in terms of ten and six, nine and seven, nine and seven, and eight and eight. It could be competitive as far as five and eleven, six and ten, seven and nine. <laughs> uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. That is true. Kenny Chesney once said that. That's a as far as I'm concerned, that's a fucking philosopher. Where it's like, well, before it was New England with the twelve and four, and then everybody else was battling for the second spot in the division. And sure. now and now this year it's gonna be Buffalo with that. They're gonna be like 13 and 3, 12 and 4, and then everybody else is gonna be like nine and seven or eight and eight or seven and nine. True, unless the Patriots go out and they draft Mac Jones, they make Mac Jones their starter, or if the Jets go out and they draft Zach Wilson and they make Zach Wilson their starter. By the way, I am all on the Zach Wilson to the Jets train now. On all aboard. Yeah, I think I, I've been more convinced for it, but we're not talking about the Jets yet. We're talking about. Well, I just want. I just wanted to make that point while I was on the uh, I, on my noggin. Okay, we're, the Jets are last actually because they're last alphabetically. Of course, which means we have more time to talk about the Jets. I but, see how you operate. Well, they are last alphabetically. I see how you operate. Continue. New, Eng- New England, New York. Anyway, I I know my alphabets. I'm sure you do. I, I know all the you graduate. You graduated from college, you know. You know how A C B E D G F H J K L M O P N Q T U V X Y W, right? That's it. Honestly, I can I if I had to scramble up the alphabet on the spot, I probably wouldn't have done it any better than you just did. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm just very talented. But anyway, the quarterback situation when in Miami. I'm a radio, I'm a radio professional. That's what I do. Yes. The quarterback situation. Some people are radio professionals. Other people have various degrees from Hofstra University, award-winning journalists, and subscribe to the Associated Press and are part of the 1%. Not me. I couldn't be that guy. I don't know who that other guy is. Me neither. Oh, wait. You kind of look like him. It can't be me. I only have one degree. Multiple degrees. Multiple degrees. We can't, anyway. we can't forget about your alias, Adam. Your alias walked across that stage, too. My alias? Yeah, your alias, of course. I don't have one of those. Catamaster. That guy. <laughs> Can we just talk about the Miami Dolphins? Said no Jets fan ever. <laughs> I know. How did, that, how did that taste? Oh, tasted like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well... There's only one thing on this podcast today that is truly shit, and that's Tottenham. So yeah. you, you're in the clear. It tasted like fish, and I hate fish. Oh, I love fish. Fish is delicious. It's my, one of my favorite things. Ooh, delicious. Anywho, uh, to attack of Iloa, I am not drafting him outside or even anywhere close to the inside of the top 20. He is a guy that you are taking in the late round of drafts, especially in 12 and 14 team leagues. And you can't trust him. You cannot trust him. But what he does have is he has better weapons this year with Will Fuller there now, returning of Mike Kosicki, return of Devontae Parker. No more fits, which could help him at least finish out games. I don't know. I I mean, Jacoby Brissett's still good. I think Brian Flores might want to give him a shot. Adam, did you see the apprehension in my voice when I said that? Yeah, I did. I heard it, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
I, 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 I don't know what to think about this quarterback mess because it just seems like the Dolphins I don't want to say that they know that they messed up but they know they messed up well I mean they have buyer it's like they have buyer's remorse honestly in my opinion you could have ended your sentence you could you you didn't even need to go on this long spiel you could have just said you shouldn't be drafting to a Tiger Bailoa and that and you could have just ended your sentence right there and that would have been fine well, you should have stopped me. No, it's fine. I, I enjoy our talks. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. God, God bless your soul. But yeah, I'm not crazy about Tua Tagovailoa in fantasy. He's just not reliable. Um, no. You, no. Yeah. Listen, we could we could be wrong. We could he could he could break out this year, and you know be be pretty solid, and you know be like a mid a, a mid tier quarterback. Yeah, but, but you can't draft him as that. You can't. No. He's not – it's just not going to happen. It's You're better off – because not a lot of people are going to draft him anyway, especially in shallow leagues. Uh, not a lot of people are going to draft him. So you're better off just waiting and say, and if he has a big game against whoever, against like the Bengals or whatever, if he has a big game, um, then you could be like, oh, I'll pick up two of Tiger Bailoa. Sure, why not? Take it, pick him up as a flyer. And see and see what happens. But you're not you're not drafting him to be a starter or a backup, and you're con- and you're like confident w- about that. No, and and this brings up a sort of a, a draft strategy for for everyone out there. Then Adam, you actually brought this into my head that I wanted to I've wanted to say this before. I've never actually gotten to saying it, but this is a draft strategy that I have where. I look at players. I don't really do it necessarily like the first three rounds just because you're drafting players at their peak. That's what you get when you're drafting players in in the first, second, and sort of third rounds. But anything after that, you're looking for players that are going to outperform their value. So you're drafting a guy in the fourth round that you think can outperform being a fourth-round pick. You draft that guy. You're not going to draft, let's say – uh, give me a guy that Kenny Galladay, let's say you're not going to draft Kenny Galladay unless you're Adam. Of course, you're not going to draft Kenny Galladay top of the fourth round. You, you, you're just not going to do it unless of course your name is Adam Gaster or uh Catamaster is uh, his, his, his newly found alias. You are not going to do that because unless you think that Kenny Galladay could be like a second round pick, then, by all means, bless your soul on that one. But you well, want to draft guys. Is. True. You want to draft guys that you think are going to finish. You know, if, if you're drafting a guy in the fourth round, you're looking for a guy that's going to finish as a third round pick, you know, a third round value or even better than that. If you're drafting a guy in the 10th round, you're looking for a guy that's going to be a ninth round value or potentially better, you know, and, and you know, work your way down the chain. You're not going to draft Tua in the 12th round because odds are Tua is not going to perform enough to be a 12th round pick next year. No way. No way. I will, I will put my reputation on the line in, in saying that. Um, so we just have some more breaking news, by the way. Oy. Four yeah. more lawsuits. 
four more lawsuits have been filed against Deshaun Watson. Boy, Gavalt. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's that, that's not good. That is a no bueno. That is a no no bueno. But uh, back to Tua. Please do not draft him before like the later rounds where you're just taking flyers on him. Please, I beg you. Well, here's Thank the thing. You. In all of our mock drafts, some of the la- in our I mean, granted, these are 10 team mocks. But if you're in a most a lot of people are in a 10 team or a 12 team league. In those later rounds, you know who's there that is way better than Tua? Ryan Tannehill. He's he's around where people could be thinking about drafting Tua. Ryan Tannehill is right there. Yep. That's true. And even even Carson Wentz. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Wentz. like where people rank him now. Now well, that yeah, all the dominoes have kind of I don't set. know where he is on fantasy pros, but on my ranks, I had Carson Wentz now as a top 15 option. If he if the Colts do get or sign Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz will be very close to top 12 for me at the position. Very, he's very, 19. very close. He's not ranked 19. 19? Okay. All right. So I'm higher. I'm higher than fantasy pros on uh, on Carson Wentz. Where's um, by any chance? Where's Matt Ryan on fantasy pros? 15. He's he is at 15. Okay. Uh, just give me give me some guys that are in and around uh, Tua, like three up, three down. Tua Tagovailoa is mm-hmm. at, he actually took Carson Wentz's old spot. He is at 23. Okay. So the three quarterbacks ahead of him are Big Ben, Derek Carr, and Jared Goff. I would rather have all of them. Nah. Yeah, I'd rather have all of them. I'd rather have all of them. I'm going to give you the four below him because the 24th ranked quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know if we can really say at this point. I mean, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence over him. Easy. So 25 is Taysom Hill. 26 is Jimmy Garoppolo. And 27 is Teddy Bridgewater. I can tell you who I'd rather have. I, I can tell you I would rather have the start of the New Orleans Saints. Over Tua. Either Jameis or Taysom Hill? Whomever it is. Okay. Whomever it is. My gut my gut says it's going to be Jameis. But if it's Taysom, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think Jameis fits more of what Sean Payton is, is looking to do. Right. And because my heart really just wants to stream Jameis one more time. Of course. And be let down when he puts up a negative five. <laughs> of course. Love him. Great guy. Great guy. What what a guy. Uh, running back time. Yep. Uh, the running back situation is a mess. Yep. Yeah, this is a mess. Uh, do not go and invest in this backfield. I will say, though, in deep PPR leagues, I love Lynn Bowden for two reasons. Number one, he's a Swiss Army knife. He'll get you some carries. He'll get your receptions. Great for PPR. And then number two, he offers you a dual position. So you you have that flexibility where if you want to play him as a number two running back in deep leagues, you can. Yeah. If you want to play him as a second or third wide receiver, you can. Flexibility. I got you. I, I see what you did there. I got you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, no, this running back situation is nuts. Um, they signed Malcolm Brown in free agency. Great. To a one-year, $1.75 million deal. Awesome. Great signing. Hate it. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. What do they have now? Four running backs? It's Malcolm Brown, Matt Breida, Lynn Bowden. Seven. So it's 
Linbo well Fuck, looking man. at the looking at their spot track page, if Lynn Bowden, Malcolm yeah. Perry, Miles uh-huh. Gaskin, Patrick Laird, Malcolm Brown, Salvin Ach- Salvin Ahmed, and Jordan Scarlett. Who I don't fucking know. hell. But Jordan Scarlett's on a reserve contract, so I don't know if that really All right, counts. so it's really six. But still though. That's a disaster. That is a fucking disaster. Holy crap. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's really bad. That's really, really, really bad. Oh, my God. The yeah, receiver, Miami's got, Miami has to fix that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they're going to fix that. I hope so. Uh, the receivers look better. I mean, they're all, they all have durability concerns. Well, put it this way. It definitely is more appealing with Will Fuller there. So that way defenses can't just focus in on Devontae Barker. Right, exactly. I mean, that's appealing, but it's it's hard because I just I, I, I can't trust them when they have two as their quarterback. I have Will Fuller now as my wide receiver 35, and I have Devontae Parker as my wide receiver 38. So take that for what it means. That's pretty fine. That's that's fine. I I can see that because the quarterback doesn't inspire confidence. That's that's what it is. No, definitely does not inspire confidence. If I had to pick one that I would say would outperform where I have them, or if there is one that I would potentially move in my ranks a bit, move up, it would probably be Fuller. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But it won't be much. It won't be much. Like I won't have either one of them ranked as a top thirty wide receiver. Yep. All right. So tight ends. Mike Gesicki, basically, just Mike Gesicki. You know what you're getting out of the position with with Mike Gesicki. He's going to be a top 12 tight end. He'll have some good weeks. He'll have some down weeks. That's kind of what you get when you're going to draft in that tight end 8 to 12 range. Uh, So keep drafting him as like a low-end tight end one. But I will say he will become more valuable now after the Patriots just took out two tight ends. So it's just looking like, the lower tight ends are becoming more and more scarce while the higher end tight ends are becoming much more valuable. So don't be surprised if you see Travis Kelsey going top to middle of the second, George Kittle going later the second top of the third, and then Darren Waller going like mid third. It wouldn't surprise me one bit because they're just getting much, much more valuable. And then even, even like a Mark Andrews, his value could be pushed up as well. Right, exactly. So uh, do you want to talk about the defense or you just want to move on to New England? Defense is going to be great. They're going to be a turnover machine. Uh, they should be one of the first defenses taken off of your board. Yeah, I mean, they were really good last year. Like, underratedly yeah. good last year. I mean, people didn't yep. really notice, but they were good. They were good. The Dolphins Definitely. defense. Um, for New England. Oh, boy. They, I mean, they spent a lot of money in free agency. That's, that's a start. But will yeah. it actually translate into into success no i don't know no probably not not probably not no sir and the it starts with quarterback really um cam newton cam newton's 31 that is that is scary Mm -hmm. i didn't even realize that cam newton's 31 yeah um He's a stopgap option, though, and I would firmly expect that the Patriots going to go and draft somebody. Of course. Yeah, no, they are. But it's just – so Cam Newton is kind of like 
I guess it's kind of like when the Jets signed Teddy Bridgewater, where to that one-year contract in 2018, when you had a feeling that they were going to draft a quarterback in 2018, and then they traded Teddy Bridgewater for for a pick. Yeah. It's the same kind of vibe. Because I just don't see a situation where Bill Belichick saw firsthand what Cam Newton did last year. And frankly, that is that kind of performance doesn't really make you want to say, oh, yeah, let, no, yeah, let's bring him back. Totally. Well, I think that it's going to be year two in the system for Cam. Better offensive weapons around him. Uh, they bring in Kendrick Bourne and they bring in Nelson Aguilar, which that contract is looking worse and worse by the day. Two years, $22 million, $60 million guaranteed. Meanwhile, you have the Jets signing Keelan Cole for one year, $5 million. And you have the Miami Dolphins signing Will Fuller for one year, $10.5 million, which can get up as high as $13 million. And, oof. That's just that that that's just looking worse and worse by the day. I digress. Then you have Hunter Henry, you have John o. Smith. Say what you want about that for fantasy, but for actual IRL football, it it helps the Patriots. It does. You know, you have two tight ends, which is, you know, in the glory days of the Patriots, you had two tight ends with Gronk and Hernandez. It's not the same, clearly, because you're talking about two tight ends who were just ridiculous at what they do. Uh, Hunter Henry is very good at what he does. John o. Smith is a budding star with a very, very glowing reputation around the league. But in terms of, of fantasy, this is just a, this is just an offense that I want no part in. I don't want anybody, even like a Julian Edelman, who's like a, a forgotten afterthought in all of this. I want no part of the Patriots offense. Nobody. If there's one, I would say Damian Harris. Even then. The three main guys that they have are Sonny Michelle, Brandon Bolden, and Damian Harris. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say three main guys? Those are the only three running backs that they have on the roster, aside from J.J. Taylor, who is on the practice squad. Yeah. And it looks like James White's going to be going to Tampa Bay. Oh. Wow, I'm so excited. More former Patriots. Patriots, Patriots South. Uh, hey, they, isn't it very funny how Tampa just takes all of the Northeastern's teams and just kind of puts them into their own teams? You have the Lightning as Rangers South. You have the Bucks as Patriots South. You have yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays as Pirates South. And you know the Toronto Raptors are playing in Tampa. True. They just, they just took a whole team. True. They took they, the whole they franchise. Took, they took the whole damn franchise. Tampa. Yeah. Tampa needs to be stopped at all costs. Bird, we've been doing this for too long because I was literally about to say the exact same thing about, <laughs> about they Tampa. Need to, they, need, they need to be stopped. We've been doing this for too long. You want to talk about the Jets now? Yeah, let's talk about the Jets. Um, the New York Jets actually, like you said, the New York Jets were good in free agency. Thoroughly impressed. Um, you know, you sign, they signed uh, Carl Lawson, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole to, well, maybe Carl Lawson might be a bit, a bit rich, but that's free agency. But other than that, I mean, the contracts were solid. 
really what the Jets need to do is bring back Brian Poole, who is a free agent. I have some and, more breaking news. Yeah. Punters are people too. The Houston Texans have agreed a three-year, $8 million deal with former Eagles punter Cam Johnston. I did see that they released Brian Anger, so that makes yes. more sense. That makes a lot and of sense. Cow- and the Cowboys released uh, Chris Jones, and they're going to have uh, Hunter Nieswander be their uh, their new punter. Yeah. Bunch of people too. Anywho, please continue about the uh, the Jets. So, yeah, they they were they need to bring back Brian Poole because he was a great uh, slot corner before he was injured and lost for the season. Yeah, and he but, should be pretty horrible too. Yeah, another one year deal, probably. But the rest of the offense, I mean, just speaking from a fantasy perspective, the offense looks good. All that really matters is that the Jets draft a quarterback or get somebody that's better than Sam. Because I've kind of lost my faith in Sam Darnold at this point. Zach Wilson, baby. He like he's fixable, yes. But it just seems like he hasn't really learned like how to be a good quarterback where it seems like a, a lot of his mistakes, he's, he's still making the same mistakes. I think it also just comes down to environment quite honestly. And I think it's pretty crystal clear that Sam is just not going to work in New York. I mean, you put him, you put him in a better market. That's a smaller market, but you know, away from the bright lights and I think Sam is going to be great. I think Washington is like a, is a picture-perfect spot for him. I really, really do. I mean, even even Houston, I like that a lot for for Sam. But Washington, for me, just screams Sam. Because you have Sam come in, compete with Fitz, and hopefully well, what about Sam Taylor gets Heineke? an opportunity to show. Hey, Taylor Heineke is an afterthought when you're putting Sam Darnold there. Afterthought, complete and total afterthought. You bring Sam in there. Sam is the future franchise quarterback for the Washington football team. And you have weapons there where Sam can use. You have Antonio Gibson. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Curtis Samuel. You have Logan Thomas. And you have a really good defense, a very good defense that now has gotten even better after they signed William Jackson, formerly of the the Bengals. So uh, Washington could be a really, really good football team. But as for the Jets, Zach Wilson has to be the guy at number two, unless they are just blown away with an offer that they absolutely 100% cannot refuse. Take Zach Wilson at number two, and Zach Wilson becomes the new franchise quarterback for the New York Jets. And then you're the number one thing you should be doing after that is getting on the phone and saying, we'll accept a third or fourth round pick for Sam. And you'll have half the league calling, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think it's a great move. But I just don't know if the front office, i.e. Joe Douglas and Rob Sala, I don't think they're gonna be I think they like they like Sam. They say of course I mean, they do. They they like Sam because they want to get the most out of him. Yeah. It's it, it's weird. I mean, Joe Douglas is so good at not letting things leak out to the media. So good at that. Where he is very he is very good at that. I will give you that. you don't really see like his actual he's not actually showing you his hand. He's basically just, but some of the things that they say are kind of lean towards maybe they want to keep Sam and see if he can actually succeed again outside of an Adam Gaze 
offensive system. Because, I mean, the the Shanna plan, the Shanna the Shanna plan offensive system. God, I know. Um, but really, the the Shanahan offensive system does uh, benefit somebody like Sam Darnold. It yes, plays it to his to his skill set. And if listen, if Sam Darnold can actually succeed in the in that offense, then then the Jets don't need about don't need to worry about uh, either trading him or dra- or worrying about developing another franchise quarterback. And if they trade the second overall pick or they draft somebody like Penny Sewell with the with the second overall pick, then then they can do that. Also, and you can like let's say have your cake and eat it too, but and that's dependent on Sam actually being good. Yep, that is all dependent on on Sam being good. Yes, uh, running backs. Yeah, running backs. So this running back situation, I'm conflicted. They re the Jets re-signed Josh Adams, which is good. He was he was okay last year. I mean, lest, lest we forget, he was. Wasn't he the leading rusher for the Eagles a couple of years ago? He was. Uh, he still has potential. He's only 24 years old. Uh, Ty Johnson is still here. Um, and Michael Pirine, who they just drafted um, last year, he is 23. And he was pretty solid as well. I want them to bring in somebody like Philip Lindsay, an actual veteran presence. The Jets need a veteran presence at running back. I agree with you a thousand percent on one thousand percent. Philip Lindsay makes all the sense in the world in the world for the Jets. Now will they do it? That's an entirely different story. But Philip Lindsay goes to the Jets. That'll be a, a really, really great spot for him. And I would say he's a top thirty running back in that regard. Outside of Lindsay, though, the one running back that I like the most is I. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's the Michael Pirine. I think he offers the most upside. Personally, I agree. He's not, and, he's not going to be a guy that like gets you – he's not going to be like a, a, a bell cow, like a standalone guy. He's, this is a committee, most likely. But, yeah, what were you going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 it's okay. I'm just trying to, um, to figure out if this is true. Oh, yeah, this broke, this broke last night. Um, Reggie Ragland to the Giants. Okay. Yep, former Lions linebacker signing a deal with the with the Giants. All right, the receivers? Yes, the receivers. Uh, I mean, the receivers look pretty good also. I mean, Much you, better than they did. Yes, you'd think that Jameson Crowder would be a cap casualty, which is unfortunate. More than likely, uh, yes. Because I mean, it's unfortunate because Jameson Crowder has been really good um, in his past couple of years. But um, now that Corey Davis is here, Keelan Cole – and Denzel Mims, that's a really nice top three. And also, you know, the depth is really there as well. They The Jets re-signed Vincent Smith, who is pretty solid. Um, so was Jeff Smith as well. And even Braxton Berrios. I mean, the depth chart, the depth chart, they're not, it's not the best receiving core in the league. It's definitely not the worst receiving core in the league, but it's, it's no. good. It's good it's now. Good. Yep, it's good. Corey Davis for me is is the guy. I think at the at the worst, he's a top thirty receiver. 
the best, he's probably a top 20 receiver, maybe top 15, where you, where you can get high-end wide receiver two numbers from him because I think he's in a prime opportunity. He's going to be the focal point of the passing game. This is a guy that should be a, pretty much a lock for 150 targets. Easy. Easy. 150 targets. And if you could say he comes down with maybe he comes down with just more than half of those. So say he's like a 75, 80 catch guy. You're talking a very, very solid wide receiver two in PPR. Now in non PPR becomes a little bit more tricky because you know, the receptions don't count. I don't know why you're not playing PPR yet, but I think in PPR, I think he's a very, very solid receiver. I think he's a great dynasty buy low right now uh, for all you dynasty players, keeper leagues as well. I think is a fantastic buy low. Go get him. If you, uh, if you can, but I would say in the meantime, you know, just keep drafting Corey Davis. He's going relatively low right now, you know, because he's on the New York jets. It's going to be where the rookie quarterback odds are, but Corey Davis is really talented. He's really talented. And I think he's going to have a really, really good year with, uh, with the jets. I'll be drafting Corey Davis wherever I can. Well, it's good to hear. As you would expect from me. And also, it, Corey Davis, great guy. it's good to hear, but also not surprising. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I defend the, my guy. Yeah. Uh, the I tight defend end, my son, Corey Davis. The, the tight ends don't inspire any confidence. Nope. Like, nope. If, there, if, there's, if, there's one, if there's one you're going to pick, it's probably Chris Herndon. But even then, you shouldn't be. No. 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 Hell no, and the uh, defense. No, you're not. You're not picking up the uh, the Jets defense. I don't know if we talk about the Patriots defense or not. Patriots defense should be better. They yeah, should well, be better. No. yeah. Patrick uh, Patrick Chung retired. I did see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the Patriots are going to be getting a lot of players back who opted yep. out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Namely, aside from namely, Patrick Chung, namely Dante Hightower, which yeah. is like the, which is the big one. So, but uh, overall, yeah, that's the uh, that's the AFC East. Yep. Uh, next episode is going to be the NFC East. And then uh, I guess we're going to be going with the North next, the AFC North and NFC North. Sure. Sure. Works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but also the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast Debate, uh, Jake's new show. Did that... Did he release his uh, the first episode of that his his uh, fighting show his combat sports show? It's coming. All right. He said he cool. said he's going to do it. So that should be coming soon. That's going to be pretty exciting. Very and exciting. Yes. Also, uh, the Quizitational. You can find all of those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And the name is just the Basement Talk Podcast. So. For my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye. Bye.